It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts, Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. And as we all know, every Friday at this time we have Jeremy Paul. Now, as you also all know, because Darren from Aussie rings us nearly every day, which is just a highlight of the day. Jeremy Paul's been listening. He's just told Sam that he indeed is a huge fan of Smash Peas on toast. JP. No, 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 completely false. No, no, I said that's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Smash peas. Oh, good stitch up, Sammy. Can good you dig up. it? I love it. Can you dig peas? No, mate. No. no. Oh, mate, I love peas, but they have their place, and nothing will replace Avo, mate. Avo is, is the heart and soul of very, very good meals, mate, it's particularly Mexican. I'm loving Mexican at the moment. Well, funny you mention Mexico and Colombia because apparently avocados are going to be probably nicknamed in the very near future Green Gold because the cartels <laughs> down in that part of the world are going to take over avocado growing and they're going to become very expensive and almost unattainable for us, which is why the Brits are turning to peas instead of avocados to smash on their toast. Typical stingy poms, eh? <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Won't pay an extra... T- pound or two for for a delicacy of avocado. How much oh, are your mate, avocados in Australia? How much do they cost you? Nah, man. Nah, we're sweet over here at the moment. Like, I think they're averaging about a buck or something. So, because we had, because obviously it all goes with what's happened in previous years and what happened with us with droughts and then floods and so things go up, but we had some really good growing conditions. So, now we've got an oversupply of them here in Australia. So, yeah, man, it's crazy times. It must be crazy for a farmer. Mm. Like, right. Just, particularly here in Australia. All Blacks have been named. Have a guess what the two big talking points are of New Zealand rugby fans with the All Blacks team being named. <laughs> Please tell me, mate. I'm, I'm assuming, um, uh, what's that uh, What's that young Crusaders kid again? Um, the winger. Um, Lister Faunganuku. Yeah, that's him. I'm assuming him, that would be, because I haven't seen the side yet. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, well, um, this will be good. So, no, yes, no. he's and starting. He's starting. Mark Talia stood yeah. down for breaking team curfew. Wow. <laughs> Why would you do that leading into a quarterfinal? Well, he deserves to lose his spot. Um, and DMAC at fullback. DMAC on the bench, the big, big, probably bigger than Mark Talia breaking curfew and Whanganuku going in. The biggest talking point is Roy Gard isn't on the bench. Finley Christie is. Mate, I, mate Finley Christie is is an exceptional player, mate. What he did with the Blues, like I, I've loved everything about him. Like, and I was actually surprised. Look, this kid came on, did some incredible things against mediocre opposition like we, we've got to put it into context here he, he's been in the system for a while now and i think christy is just mate. he's tough like i love it he's got a good running game fantastic pass um and has been one of the blues reasons why they've actually been competitive mate he's he's an absolute little bull terrier like i love him i i, I couldn't even understand why his position because that's not normally the all blacks either bro right like how many players have we seen over the years that have come in had a couple of games and we've all just gone holy hell 
look at this kid. But they've just kept kept him kept them waiting their time, waiting their time until there's an opportunity and you show consistency over a period of time. Like he hasn't done that yet. So I don't I don't feel that's as big a uh, controversy as obviously the Mark Talia thing. I think, oh, wow, that just blows my mind in this day and age. Mm. But I really thought D Mac man was going to get a chance here. Look, like, like I've said last week, Bowden Barrett is one of my favourite players of all time. But I just feel that what, what, what about that try against Italy? <laughs> that D Mac grubbed, regathered, jumps in the air, flicks it back with one hand straight into the midst of Will Jordan. It's one of the most, every time he's on the field, and look, I, I get it, they can use him as a replacement player, but I just, he's, when you've got players in form like that, I believe you've got to use him. Mm. Um, Josh has sent in a great text. JP, uh, did you ever te- break team curfew? And I ask this knowing the answer. <laughs> no. You didn't. Never. No, no, no. I never got caught. Uh, you never got caught. Different never question. Caught. Different question. No, no, no. He asked if I got if I broke team curfew, and I never did, because you can only break it if you get caught. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking back a couple of weeks. It was you and a teammate went on a few secret little benders, didn't you? And but you did extras. Well, mate, we had one. I got a great, I got a great one here. When do you, do you remember when the big cab incident happened? Like the taxi incident happened in South Africa, back in two thousand. We won our first game in South Africa for the Brumbies. Right, it was one of the biggest news stories twenty three years ago, when we because we hadn't won in four years, mate. We'd lost, mate. South African referees. It wasn't until we had a neutral referee. We won our first game for the Brumbies in South Africa. Um, Paulie Honus, actually. Thanks, Paul. Hope you're listening, mate. Probably is. Um, and, um, oh, actually, no, no, he was the second week. It was Paddy O'Brien. Get out of it. Get out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, love Paddy. Let it go. <laughs> he was so funny. Let it go. God, he used to love a rucking too, old Paddy O'Brien. Nah, play on. Nah, get out of the way of the ball then. <laughs> he was so funny. But he... Um, but yeah, yeah, we, we beat the Stormers. And so the management, mate, we went for a couple of days. Like we were that excited about winning our first game. And that's when the notorious taxi incident happened where five players um, unfortunately found themselves in a nightmare scenario. And the following week, we went to Pretoria. And actually, as we came into the hotel room, um, there were signs by people standing out going, Brumbies behave and like, like don't don't destroy our cabs and like it was just crazy. So the the management said, "Look, boys, no going out." Well, we'll see. Um, and we were able to find a lift that didn't go down to the foyer where where the management were. Took us down to the car park and we were able to get in and out and had one of the best nights ever. We won two from two in South Africa. Of course, we're going to celebrate. <laughs> massive, massive. Uh, Ken's back from France. You'll be pleased to know. So we've got a question from Ken. Um, it's a, another tongue-in-cheek one, but I'm going to I'm going to expand on a little bit. It just says, "Hi JP, are you the next Wallabies coach?" Cheers, Ken. What we've seen with the Wallabies and what's happened this year, JP, is the likes of yourself and Matt Gido and Drew Mitchell and David Campisi and a lot of former Australians really disappointed 
really proud former Wallabies and almost ready to put their hands up. I know Joey Roth, friend of yours, he, he's part of it now. Phil War's part of it now. Is there discussion amongst some of you really well-performed Wallabies to chuck your hands up, um, go to the union, and with rather than reporting problems, but maybe discovering some solutions? Mate, it, it has to be, right? Like, I think that's Phil Wall, as the CEO, has to take reins here. And has and that was the one good thing coming out in the Rugby News, actually, my article in November, how, how I would actually fix Rugby Australia. There you go. <laughs> coming out, great read. Um, but for me, mate, look, everyone, look, everyone keeps continually talking about the top end and how to coach the Wallabies and centralised systems and reducing down to four teams. But, mate, no one's taking care of the low-hanging fruit, man, which is that the issue in Australia and the issue with rugby union as general in a game, it's so complex and it's very, very tough to coach. So even in under sevens or under eights, right, you need a forwards coach because someone has to technically teach the set piece you also need an overall coach as well as you potentially might need a backs coach that can help with attacking back line so we're looking at a minimum of two to three grassroots coaches you need like that's just at a minimum but they all don't know how to understand the game because when you look at the complexities of the game and and looking at what skill and how to develop position specific skills skill acquisition um time and space where you're thinking about decision making communication like all these different attributes that contribute to a kid's development over a long sustained period of time and that is through repetition 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 but if you don't teach them the skill properly to replicate then they will have bad habits mate it's it's when you get into like the wallabies level even super rugby level what happens is you get, your body goes into what's called an autopilot and all your skills that you've been training, including bad habits, come out because you're under extreme fatigue. So if you're not teaching kids from the ages of 5 to 18 the proper skills and, and one skill, mate, one example, why are, like why are all Australian kids hookers throwing differently and who's teaching them? Like, why isn't every hooker thrown exactly the same way with little little incremental changes, like in terms of their body shape or their autonomy? I mean, that's, that's just one example of across Australia why you all got to sing from the same hymn sheet, bro, and that's where we struggle. Like, I don't care what they do at the top end because at the top end, it's, it's gone, mate. It's irrelevant. It's putting polish on. We don't on. start yeah. getting, it, mate. It's, it's that's it. That's when, and, and you, mate, you can put any coach in there you want, but if we don't look at the grassroots and invest into our coaches, this is, and that's what I love about the New Zealand system, bro. Like everything trickles down from the All Blacks. Like scrummaging, we all scrummage the same way. Like you can now see even hookers are throwing the same way. Mate, we we don't have that consistency across the core skills of the game, where the dads and mums that put in countless hours of volunteering do not get taught. Like they could put hundreds of hours in a year and have no success with respects to their side or, or, or improve the skill level or the playing level of players they have because of the training drills. Like that's where it all comes down to. If you can create a program, which I've actually built five years ago, where you can actually 
take these training drills and go, okay, I'm going to run this week. Yep. They don't have to design training. Like you, you give all the information to them, mate. So then that way, and to teach them how to understand the game, mate. And that's three areas, position specific and skill acquisition, the time and space you create for yourself and the time and space you've created for others and the X factor. Mm. If you can, if you can teach people how to look at the game like this, then they'll know what they're actually looking at. <laughs> like it's, uh, it just seems like low hanging fruit to me. Seems like the obvious thing. We're going to take a break yeah, and sorry. get you to hold on there, and we're going to get Sam to have a chat to you because you, you, whatever's going on there, with we've got pipping and popping and essing and hissing, so we're going to change your headphones or change your settings or something. So we'll do that during their break. So you stay there. Listeners stay there. The second half of the Jeremy Paul Show after this. Uh, testing, testing. Yes, my line's good. Testing, Jeremy. Oh, sorry, Fano. I think I had it on speaker. Oh, so, no, it's perfect now. Uh, it's perfect now. Is that now. better now? Yeah, sorry, let's get to sorry, the questions sorry. that have been coming in uh, a lot during yeah. the break. And there's a lot of questions about the cricket, JP, which is interesting. And people asking, oh, is yeah. Eddie over coaching the cricket team because they're getting similar results? Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, good niggle. Yeah, they're not going flash, are they? Because I know you like your cricket as well. Mate, it's – they really aren't. Look, I – it's almost like a, they've got a plethora of riches as well. They've got too many good players, and um, particularly around the all-rounders, because the, the one-day game now is you need you need those batter bowlers. Like you need to be able to, but it's still closest to Test match footy, right? Uh, test match cricket, sorry, where you can you can go a runner ball or even go a little bit under in terms of your strike rate, about eighty percent strike rate, but and then go. Then go. It's about 50 overs, man. It's a different game. So, and I think we're struggling with that sort of all rounder between Stornis, Green, Mitch Marsh. Like it's, yeah, I think we still need our, our big three in terms of uh, Mitchell Stark, Pat Cummings, and Josh Hazelwood. But um, they've also got to preserve them for test cricket as well, mate. Like, is this too much of a workload? Particularly with the IPL. Who, how could you not go there for a million bucks? Like, yeah. What is it? Eight weeks work? Like, yeah. Yep. Sign me up. Thank you. Um, of course, they want to know your winners for the Rugby World Cup quarterfinal. So let's work our way through them. We'll leave our game till last. Yeah. Um, I think Wales, I know they've had a, you know, a not not searching performances but i think they've been pretty good jp mate they've been consistent that's what they've been like they actually took control of that fijian game incredibly well in that second half and just exploded like you know when you have another gear mm. if, if teams have another gear and they did that against the wallabies as well i i actually think argentina isn't playing like the argentinians of old yeah and um, i don't know why Oh, look, a couple of player changes. Um, it is difficult. I think being out of the super side, mate, super rugby competition, mm. I really do. I think the Huguas were a massive inclusion for – because we saw a direct result, didn't we? We did. In terms – because, mate, of, of Argentina, and I think it just shows them not being in there and playing that regular tough footy. Um, so whoever suggests – Rugby Australia should leave Super Rugby from New Zealand. <laughs> Go give yourself 50 uppercuts. <laughs> uh, England and Fiji. I've got a, I've thought, I've got a concern. I don't think it's fact, but I, I'm concerned Fiji might have run out of gas. Look, that, but that's the thing about the Fiji inside, right? Like, I think they're like mentally, like going into that Portugal game, right? It was just a matter of of showing up and. 
I think we'll see a completely different version this weekend. Oof, no, they, they're so. too unpredictable, bro. They're mm. too unpredictable. But what I like about England has been their consistent approach. So in that first game, mate, they won by penalty goals. Like I think it was like nine penalty goals or something. <laughs> it was to get the win and to get the confidence. And then we started to see them play a bit of footy. So when they met earlier in the year and Fiji surprisingly won at Twickers, there's a different side. Like it might be the same on paper, but in terms of confidence and going that next step, and they've got the easiest draw to get to a World Cup final. Are you kidding me? Well, on one side of the draw, you've got the four top nations, and on the other side of the draw, you've got a clean run. So, yeah, look, I think England, um, if they just if they just show up like they have been, um, with that same mental application of winning games, yeah, I, no, I think they're a chance to get to the World Cup final, bro. Okay, okay. Uh, France, South Africa is mouth-watering. Um, France is slight favourites, being home ground, all that sort of thing. But And I know they've got Anton Dupont coming back, but he's not going to be 100. They haven't got Michelet. They're down on on their top team markedly, I feel. Uh, I just mm. feel like South Africa might just might get over the top of them. It's almost cruel, isn't it? When you see a side that is just like before the Rugby World Cup, they were just primed, weren't they, to win this? Like I've always said from the start, like it's France's to lose. Like it really is. I thought being at home, being just the footy they play. Um, And they've got not just one gear, bro. They've got two. They've got two gears that they can go up. But I think, like, with the magical mask that Dupuis got to be wearing, did you see that thing? Did you see – have you seen a photo of it? No. Like, to protect his, his jaw? I haven't seen it Mate, yet, no. It's like – like, you know the basketballers, like how they wear those protective things, like those glass things to wear, and it, you can just see his eyes. Mate, it looks crazy. <laughs> but I think, I think what that does, though, like, remember Cooper Cronk a couple of years back played with an actual – broken shoulder blade, cracked shoulder blade, yes, just to yes. be on the field. And he pretty much just stared the team around. I think that's what Dupont will be doing. Like, I think he's he's a very pivotal person within that team, bro. So, no, look, I, I think they can beat South Africa. Look, South Africa, to me, um, again, really only has that one game plan. I mean, they have the ability to open up, but they just haven't shown that. Not like in the last Rugby World Cup final, right, against England, where they were able to interchange between their game plans, where they could just go to the corners, out-muscle them um, defensively. You watch their line speed, mate. They're going to be screaming up constantly for 80 minutes, up and up. But I love, I love the, um, I love the French attack. They'll put chip kicks in behind, cross chip kicks. They'll keep that defence thinking. So no, I think France has still got this, bro. And then of course our one, Ireland, New Zealand, Ireland number one team in the world, equal most wins in a row, Six Nations champions. They've beaten the All Blacks four of the last six times. Forced it for a change with Mark Talia gone. No Cameroy got this. Oh, there's so many talking points, JP. My God. Johnny Sexton's 100 years old. There's three Kiwis in their team. Oh, my God. Mate, what I'm hearing, where I'm hearing a little bit of worry in a voice from you, Mr. Mark, Marky Mark, <laughs> like, uh, it pretty much represents the whole country. Right? <laughs> like, oh, look, if, you, if you're going to come up, against a side that is in red hot form um I, I just i love ireland's attack i look they've been working on this for years now and it's as closest to rugby league as as any other 
side in the world. Um, they got players in motion constantly. Every player is a threat. Every player is an option. Um, cross field kicks. Play. The one thing you, you, every the top sides in the world need, and that's what I love about the All Blacks, is clarity. You need clarity. Everyone needs to know what they need to do at any single moment within a field. And that's where Ireland is, mate. Like, and defensively, having Andy Farrell as a coach, who's also a defensive coach, um, their defence is, oh, wow, rock solid. Like, see the South African, they one thirteen eight. That was on the back of their defence. Look, I think the best, if the New Zealand, if the if the ABs show up where it's the best performance, I don't think any team can beat them in the world, personally. Like, I just think if they can, but they just haven't, quite been there for 80 minutes right mm. so it's going to take a monumental effort they've had a little bit of controversy within the camp but that's also can be a good thing man it's like mark talia it's like he's an example of standards and that's that's what you do mate you all put your intellectual property in and you all go yep i'm going to commit to this this is the culture of our team and he didn't commit to it so and it just sort of has a flow across the team, and that can be a negative or a positive thing. I have been in situations like that before where it was a negative thing, but I don't think you're going to lose anything with this young kid, man. He's an absolute beast. So um, I think it's going to come down to the replacements, to be honest, bro. Mm. Like, I think when Fozzie uses his replacements and keeping up that intensity and that physicality for 80 minutes, as well as when players start to tire... Um, I believe players like DMAC will be able to create opportunity. And I think he needs to get him on sooner rather than later if it's a tight game, like I really do, because I think someone like him would open it right up. Last question. Of course, it's about Eddie Jones. Don't know what you're talking about, mate. Japan, don't know what you're talking about, mate. We're hearing there's a press conference on Monday on behalf of Australian rugby and Eddie's going to be there. What do you reckon he's going to say? Mate, it's, it's really been a soap opera, hasn't it? It's like, it's the bold and the beautiful that's been happening. Like, it's just crazy. Like, it's he said, she said. It's like, and it shouldn't be this difficult. It really shouldn't. Look, he, he did come out and admit, which is one of the things I wrote about in my article for next month, is oh, I thought the pivotal thing was losing Wills. We had to, everything had to go right. Mm. Like, but unfortunately, everything went horribly wrong when he lost Will Skilton and Talalia Tupu, like that before that Fijian game. I thought if both those players played, we would have won that game and there wouldn't even be these conversations. Um, I've, mate, I've never seen Will. I've been talking to Will, sort of texting with him over overseas and just, mate, I've never seen him this fit before. I've never seen him this fit. And it sort of shows the commitment and the hard work they were trying to do. But just, but it also showed the flaws of Eddie's plan B, right? Like in his selections, because they were really lacking leadership. Like once they lost Will, once they lost Big Tupu, Tonga Thor, there was no one to look for. Um, and that's where Michael Hooper or Bernard Foley would have, would have been incredibly handy. But look, all this, like Eddie's a very, very good guy, mate. Like I love Eddie and I'm always going to be a, a staunch Eddie supporter. So I'd like to think that if, even if he did have a bit of a chat with Japan rugby, who cares, man? I, I don't think that it's really relevant, to be honest. Like um, you, you as a coach or as a player are constantly on edge to see whether or not you, they will be loyal to you. Like, 
And I feel that Eddie is is the ultimate professional and there's no one that works harder than this bloke, man, in world rugby. He starts at 5 a.m. and finishes at 11 p.m. every day. Like, no one works harder. And it didn't pay off. But he has to face the consequences for that. And he's told him constantly. But that's the media too, though, right, bro? Like, it just needs a bit of a sniff and it just runs like, like wildfire. But I'd like to think he's going to stay, man. There's, there's some really exciting... Um, things happening over the next four years with the British and Irish Lions coming in 2025 oh, yeah. and, and the Rugby World Cup at home in 2027, plus the women's game as well, right? Like, so I'd like to feel, I'd like to think that he will stay and I'd like, hopefully, this can all be squashed sooner rather than later. Mm, I think we all do, actually. <clears throat> I do, I do think we all do. We're a couple of minutes late for news, JP, so we're going to bid you au revoir and uh, we'll talk to you ahead of uh, the All Black semi final game next Friday. Yeah, bro, that's it. I like it. Yeah, come on, the ABs. Let's go, the ABs. Come on. Come on. Jerry Paul. Thanks for up the plus. <laughs> Jerry Paul show each and every Friday, two o'clock, an extended session today. Uh, we'll take new sport and weather with Johnny Mack. We'll come back shortly.